Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Brutally Honest Podcast. I'm your host, Harrison Barron. Welcome to 2018. It's been it's been pretty hectic the last couple weeks, last couple months. Lots of growth, which is always good. Uh, learning lots of things to help bring you guys better shows. Got a lot of good podcasts this month. It's just a lot of everything. It really is. But I want to welcome everybody into 2018. This is the first podcast of 2018. So... If you haven't listened to any before, everything is going to be from 2017 and prior. Nothing wrong with that. Just want to let everybody know. Um, this podcast I had a lot of fun on. It's a dear friend of mine, and uh, he's working towards building a business. Uh, it's in the very early stages, but you know he's a good friend of mine. He's done some international traveling, so I always like to get somebody else's opinion on that. But as always, if you enjoy the show, please hit that subscribe button. Go check out the website, BrutallyHonestPodcast.com, and there you'll find all the good stuff. There's going to be some new and up-to-date changes coming. On there, you can also sign up for the newsletter. It should pop up after a couple seconds. And there you'll get a email. should be every Friday. And uh, on there, you'll have everything from different things I may have done this week, guests I've done. I'm hoping to convert it into video format every week and it'll hopefully the the YouTube will be going up actually very very soon. Still doing some trial and error testing on it. But you'll be able to get the recap of everything going on there. So definitely check out the website. Again, that's brutallyhonestpodcast.com. And if you really enjoy everything, share it out, tell somebody, leave some feedback, give it a review. It's it really does mean a lot to me. So with all that being said, that's pretty much it. Um, I have two sponsors. I have a new sponsor. Um, we'll go with the new sponsor first. Read resumes. If you are looking for a resume, or you even if you have a good job and you're toying around with that idea of leaving, anything of that nature, it's always good to get your resume done. It's kind of like a synopsis of everything that's going on in your life to that day. And then once you have a really good foundation, you can tweak it as needed. And it's much easier to get your resume done with little to no pressure while you're still employed. And who know, you don't even need it. It's just good to have. And at least you have something just in case something happens. And it always it can always unlock an opportunity that may have not been there before. Oh, it might sound like I know a little bit about resumes. But I've had Ron on the podcast. And he's an absolute mad genius when it comes to resume writing. So... Go check out readresumes.com. He's also been on the podcast before, episode 59. You can find all his information there or on the website, brutallyhonestpodcast.com. I'll put him up as well. And last but not least, this podcast, like all podcasts, is sponsored by none other than the Nerds That Care. The Nerds That Care is your third-party outsourced IT company. And what does that mean? That means you save a bunch of money by hiring a company outside to do all the work that you have somebody do inside. And the nice part is... You don't even have to see another bill once you sign up. You sign up and that's it, other than hardware and software. No more, oh, I got to call this guy or, oh, I got to take care of this. This is going to cost me money every time I get a phone call. It's that simple. You call them, they come, they fix your stuff, they leave, and maybe even give you a high five on the way out. So go check out the nerds that care for your uh, IT needs. And that is pretty much it. As I said, I had my buddy Anthony Gatt on. Uh, We talked a lot about traveling and stuff like that because we both did travel in 2017. I welcome everybody into a happy, safe, and wonderful 2018. I genuinely do from the bottom of my heart. I was going to do a full episode on uh, 2018, but not feeling it. Not feeling it. So uh, I really hope everybody had had a safe entry in 
And everybody who has their New Year's resolutions, don't give them up just yet. But without any further ado, please welcome my guest, Anthony Gatt. Happy New Year, too, too. Wow, this is the fucking first podcast in the new year. Oh, my God. I'm so honored to be a part of it. You <laughs> <laughs> should be. Uh, yeah. No, man, it's crazy. I can't believe my my one year's coming up on this thing and a lot of, a lot of crazy stuff. Yeah, 2017, man. Hectic year for me. <sighs> a lot of lessons. Dude, I had my quarter-life crisis in 2017. Really? Didn't think it was a real thing. It's a real thing. <laughs> I don't care what anybody says. It's a real thing. Yeah? I was between... The breakup I went through, buying a car, um, you know, getting pretty serious with work, a uh, lot of like crazy stuff happening, and I was just like, Whew. yeah, I can imagine. I mean, this Didn't stage in, in the game for us and our generation is incredibly hectic. Yeah, you know? incredibly I, do you think hectic. it's more hectic than it used to be? Absolutely. My my parents had a house at eighteen, and neither one of them had a college degree. That shit doesn't happen these days. Isn't it? I mean, you could uh, not at eighteen. Yeah, it's just crazy. But yeah, my parents always my parents always say, "Oh, I bought I bought our house at twenty one, and I was like, "Cool, how much did it cost? Like a hundred thousand dollars." I'm like, <laughs> "Must be nice." Yeah. What were your property taxes? Not that much. Mm-hmm. Great. Clearly, the market has changed. Yeah, it's a very stressful time for people, especially in Long Island. Long Island's oh, just yeah. crazy. If yeah. you go most other places, it's not so bad. Like I have friends that live out of state. And they're like, oh, I bought a house. And I'm like, oh, cool. What would you buy it for? Like, oh, 200000 200, What are your property taxes? 1000 bucks. I'm like, what on earth? Are you kidding me? Absolutely. There's, You know what? There's a lot of crazy stuff about living on Long Island or New York in general. But uh, you become so adjusted to that lifestyle that when you go to, like, somewhere that's more slow-paced, like, let's say uh, – South Carolina. Yeah. Because I hear about people telling me all the time, oh, I want to move to South Carolina. Oh, it's so cheap. Weather's nice. This and that. I know people that came down to South Carolina and hated it after a month because it was just too slow. I well, that's the one thing I'm, I would be afraid of if I did move is just like you've, you've, you've seen the office now. It's like going, 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 mm-hmm. going, going. And, and then it's like to go down there. And I don't know because I haven't been down. I haven't spent enough time down there. But to to apply those breaks and just – Dial it all the way back. I'm, I'd be curious to know how it affects yeah. people. I mean, I can imagine it's very uncomfortable after a while. Don't get me wrong. I think everybody needs that kind of time to take a step back, mm-hmm. um, whether it's on a, like a smaller portion on a daily basis or you know going on vacation, obviously. But when you're so adjusted to this fast-paced lifestyle, it's it's very hard to go back. You know, Being yeah. a New Yorker really stays with you, at least in my opinion. I could definitely see that. Yeah. It's just, yeah, it's that constant. It's the, it's the, oh, it sounds so stereotypical, but it's like that constant New York hustle. Yeah. It's the New York hustle, I should no, say. No, it constant. really is. Ain't nowhere else like it, you know. Did you uh, go on vacation at all in 2017? Norway. My, my. Oh, that's right. We, my one year, uh, I guess reunion. One year, one year to date is coming up pretty soon. I think I went away the last week of January. Last week of January. So I'm almost one year away. What was it like there? God, it was. You want to know what it was like? It was like this. Really? <laughs> exactly like this. <laughs> like so almost no the escape. Yeah, it was. It was cold. 
Norway wasn't that cold most days, except for I remember like one or two being like super cold, and then the rest of the time it was like cold but not like bone chilling. Mm-hmm. Like the last couple nights, we're from Long Island. In case you couldn't figure that one out, <laughs> but the last couple nights on Long Island, it's been like ten degrees. Yeah, like I think on the worst day in Norway, it was like fifteen degrees. And then every other day was, like, just floating above. I mean, just under freezing. So, like, it would still freeze, but it wouldn't... Like, unless you were out all night, it really wouldn't freeze-freeze. Mm-hmm. And then um, and then during the day, it could be up as high as 40, 50 degrees with snow on the ground. Really? That's Ooh, interesting. Excuse me, I keep burping. I'm drinking seltzer. The, <laughs> um, but, yeah, absolutely beautiful place. Yeah. I yeah. hate the cold, man. Uh, I hate that. I'll travel in cold places yeah, went, to go Thail- see views. Thailand was hot. Thailand was amazing. It was hot. You guys rode elephants, right? Did you ride elephant? Yes. Yes, we rode elephants. That's That's the least craziest thing that we did there. The least? (laughs) That is the least. I I have a story for you. But I'm not gonna I'm not gonna name specific names in case people certain people don't want to be incriminated. (laughs) (laughs) But I have a I have a very good story. Um there is a a street there. We were in Phuket. And there's a street Is there that, called... Uh, Phuket? Yeah, Phuket. Okay. We, we used to... That was our saying. We were like, oh, fuck it. Like, that was our joke. Every Phuket. time we did something really stupid, which we did a lot of really stupid decisions there. But, um, <clears throat> yeah, there was a street there called Patong Street. It's kind of like a main street filled with bars. Is there English on anything? Like, yeah. yeah. Oh, oh yeah. really? Okay. Yeah, a lot of people there actually speak a little bit of English, too. Oh, it really? It wasn't okay. that hard to communicate with people. Even, okay. like, store owners uh-huh. um, and shops, they okay. spoke pretty Most good Most people English. in Norway spoke English. Yeah. Like, and very good English, too. So that was, like, the, that was a saving grace. Oh, hell yeah. Man, I would not have been able to get anywhere in that place, in, in Phuket. It's crazy there. There's, like, no traffic laws. Everybody there drives like it's every man for themselves. <laughs> it's insane. I must have seen, like, three people on mopeds almost get clipped by cars. Oh. Yeah. They actually have these, uh, they look like <laughs> mini buses. They're called um, tuk-tuks. Okay. And it's kind of like a taxi, but imagine it as like an, a mini bus, mm-hmm. and you go in through the back of it, but there's no door; it's just an open space. And we had this tuk tuk service that would drive us from our resort that was at the top of a hill and drive us down to the bottom of the hill, so we didn't have to walk. Uh-huh. And it would do the same thing back up. Oh, that was pretty cool. Our tuk tuk driver was a fucking lunatic. We get in, and he goes Yambagini, and I'm like, what? And he goes Yambagini, and I'm like, no, no, no Yambagini, and then he floors it down this this huge hill speeding there's no seatbelts in this thing i'm clinging (laughs) on to everything that i can i'm freaking out you know rich is freaking out and he hits at the bottom slams on the brakes and drifts this little bus this tuk-tuk drifts it and i was like tuk-tuk looks like (sighs) definitely look it up it's it's pretty uh it's pretty fun to ride in some of them have like giant speakers in it they blast music and stuff uk tuk-tuk uh t-u-k i believe yeah Oh, so back to the story. Yeah. Got a little off topic. Sorry. Um, no, no problem. There's oh, this... Uh, this, is a, this is a cool looking bus. Right? If it's what I'm looking at, yeah. It should look like a miniature bus, basically. Yeah. It fit like yeah, yeah. six people, six to eight people. Yes. Okay, so, I'm looking at the right thing. There's this street there called Patong Street, filled with bars, a couple titty bars. Good times, you know. <laughs> so it's the beginning of the week. We're going out, planning on going to the bar. And there's this little lady handing out a flyer, and she's like, oh, ping pong show, ping pong show. Our dumbasses did not think it was anything more than, like, an actual, like, ping pong show. Yeah. All right? So we're like, all right, it's the beginning of the week. Like, 
Why not go check it out? Free admission. I should have known. I should have known right then and there when they said free admission. You just have to buy two drinks. It was not going to be your standard ping pong show. But <laughs> everything there is so different. So I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. Like know. that's what they do here, right? <laughs> we get in there. There's no ping pong tables. There's an open stage. The opening act is two people having sex on stage. What? I was mind boggled. I was like, what did I get myself into? I was like, where's my mom? I'm terrified Just right now. Just going at it. Hardcore. Insane. Like, we all s- sat there with our jaws dropped. And that wasn't even the craziest part of the so show. So, my question is, were other people sitting there watching too? Oh, yeah. The whole place was packed out. You couldn't have your phone out either. I went to text my mom, like, hey, two people are having sex on stage. Some guy that worked there was like, no phone, no phone. Like, you can't, because they don't want you recording, I guess. Yeah. But, yeah, it's nuts there. And then the second act, a woman walks out on stage, butt naked, and proceeds to pull a string out from, I'm sure you could figure where, and it was filled with needles and razor blades (gasps) tied to it. Just pulling it out like it's no big deal. Smiling on her face. It was a freak show there. There's other acts. So what does ping pong translate to? Ping pong. Because there's a ping pong portion of the show that I'll get to in a second. Oh, okay, okay. But <clears throat> there was a woman that pulled a bird out of who you know where. Woman who pulled a hamster out. One woman walked on stage with For a real. A I hamster? swear on my life, I saw it with my own two eyes, Harrison. <laughs> I was scared to death. I was scared because I was like, "We're really in the underbelly right now. Like this is <laughs> this is real right now." So, one lady comes out with a huge jar of water and starts doing her thing, if you know what I mean. Yeah. And shooting out goldfish, live fucking goldfish, into this jar of water. As a matter of fact, one of them From missed. From snatch. Yes. Yes. Absolutely what? insane. One of them had missed the bowl, and my drunk ass goes... Boo! From the back, I was like screaming. It was hysterical. Oh my god! But then the uh, ping pong show happens and the girls come out and they start firing out ping pongs i'm sure you kind of get the trend at this okay, point of yeah, what they're yeah, doing yeah. they start firing out ping pongs like into the crowd and then an unnamed gentleman that was accompanied with us had decided it would be a good idea to walk up to the stage and get underneath this no. woman with his mouth open and she fired a ping pong ball right into his mouth the funniest shit i've ever seen in my life I I am not kidding whatsoever. I was crying laughing. But I was like, you definitely have syphilis of your mouth or something. Like, you need to go get tested because that is some nasty shit. He actually said it tasted like lime, which I thought was hysterical. And then... I'm not sure if I should be happy happy or disturbed. (laughs) It was definitely a unique experience, but that's not even all of it. The last act before we left, because there was like 50-something acts. There was like a ridiculous amount. We oh, didn't even stay for all of it. For? We were there for like an hour and a half, two hours, something Jeez. like that, around that time. I was drunk, so I don't know. But mm. two women come out on stage. They're topless with a chair, an empty chair. And I'm like, I know what's going to happen. Don't let it be me. Uh, <laughs> like, I really don't want this to be the case. Like, I start profusely sweating. I'm freaking out. I'm like, oh, God. Like, it's with my luck, it's definitely going to happen. Yeah. And lo and behold, one of the girls comes up to me, pulls me up onto the stage. I'm wearing a button-down. They take off my button-down. I'm buttoning my pants to where they're still on, but they're, like, open and un- unfolded. Yeah. Sit me in the chair. Tell me to put my arms behind behind the chair and, like, grab my wrist. And so I do it. 
and then they take these styrofoam sticks and start whipping me <laughs> in front of an, an entire audience of people. Insane. And then, um, like, one of them actually takes it because it's, like, bendy uh-huh. and throws it around my neck and starts strangling me while the other one's whipping me. Like, half of our guys have went what? to the bathroom at this point, um, didn't uh-huh. know I got brought up on stage, and they walk in. They're not even looking at the stage, and I see them looking at, uh, like, my other friends sitting down, and they're yeah. like, I see them talking, and all of a sudden they, like, the friends that are sitting down to point up to the stage, and then the friends that went to the bathroom look up, and they're in shock for, like, two seconds, and all of a sudden they just throw their fist up in the air and start screaming, yeah! And uh, I'm like, at and this the, point... And the girls start going worse. Yeah. And at this point, I just start <laughs> owning it, right? So I'm like, yeah, like... Smile on my face, having the time of my life. Like at first, it was so terrifying and overwhelming, and now I'm just having a blast. And then they like they stand me up and they tell me to start dancing with them. So I start dancing with them on the stage, shirtless in front of an audience of a bunch of tourists. I was like, "This is the craziest country in the entire fucking world." And I, I was like, "This is that's madness." Yeah, and you know what's so crazy about it is because their culture, excuse me, is so rich. And they're very, very religious. And they ha- they have, like, this high standard of respect there. Okay. Right? They love the royal family. You can't say anything about the royal family. You, really? Like, anything. You can't even... Someone got arrested for saying something about their dog once. The royal family. Like, make fun of their really? dog. Yeah, that's how serious they take it. And there's certain places there that I saw that are so religious. There was this one island that was literally built out of sheet metal. Like... The epitome of poverty that I'd ever seen. I feel like I've seen this on a on a photo. You might have. It was like a, uh, it's a Muslim community. Okay. And is it a mosque? Is that the proper terminology for? I think so. Yeah. For part of us, if we get the wrong. Yeah. Names. Um, they had a mosque there, that was literally so beautiful, mm-hmm. like marble, like incredibly well done, and it did not fit, in like that area whatsoever, and that's how like devout they are to their religion they give their entire lives to it like and yeah it's just incredible like the people there are so nice and so respectful too you know i was obviously afraid it was my first time really traveling mm-hmm. i thought i'd encounter a lot of like sketchy people being no. that it's a third world country but yeah. it really was and it was very very welcoming there and uh yeah i saw a lot of diverse lifestyles i guess you could say yeah you know because when you go out at night you see all this stuff Mm-hmm. But during the day, you see all these people who are so respectful and so sweet yeah, and so they're nice. All, yeah, they're working, doing their thing. Yeah, so it's, it's a very peculiar place for sure. Beautiful country too. Absolutely yeah. beautiful landscape. When you go island hopping there, oh my god, unreal. I uh, felt like I was. How many islands did you guys go to? We went to the James Bond Islands, which I don't know the exact number, but there was quite a few that we visited. James Bond Islands. Yeah, it's like a cluster. Okay. And. I'm looking all this stuff up. Yeah. That sheet metal like town on that island was one of the islands that we had actually visited. Then there was this other one that had this little cave and it was like knee high water. You walk through. Like you start at the James Bond Island. Oh, okay. So it might've been called the James Bond Island tour. Kind of what it looks like at least. Yeah. So then James Bond Island must've been one of the specific islands in that tour. Okay. But, uh, yeah, we go through this cave, this knee high water cave with these helmets that have flashlights and you get to the end, like it's pitch black. If you turn your flashlights off, it's pitch black. And then you get to the end, you see this little hole of light and you get through and you're literally in like the middle of the island. There's no other way in or out of where you just came in. Mm-hmm. And it's all like walled off by like the rest of the island. It's like stone and it's just this little sanctuary of like 
peace and quiet and it's so beautiful there and it was just unreal like there That's was crazy there's so many beautiful views there big buddha another one that was incredible experience too so yeah thailand was fucking sick to say the least <laughs> was the shit yeah that's crazy. Was. That was probably the highlight of my 2017. Probably the most uh, exciting oh, experience I went through. Phuket has an international airport. Is that where you guys flew into? I believe so. Yeah, that's pretty. That's that's so super cool. The um, definitely on one of my places to visit. Mm-hmm. I definitely suggest gorgeous. it to everybody. You know, actually, weeks later, I'd say like a month later, Floyd Mayweather was actually in. Phuket, and he visited the same island. Oh, and, really? Yeah, he had like a picture, and I could tell by the background it was an one of the islands that I had actually been to, and I was like, "Damn!" Like that's pretty cool. If yeah. I had ran into Floyd Mayweather, <laughs> I would have been kissing his ass so much. Would have been like, "Hey, let's go out tonight. Like, I'll teach you how to read. <laughs> Take me out, just ball out on everything." What resort did you stay at? We stayed at oh, man, I can't even remember the name. I really can't. Even isn't it, it isn't in Angsanga, right? No. Okay. I can't remember. I'm only I'm only asking that because I see it right here. Mm-hmm. Or Dream Phuket. This is pretty crazy, man. Beautiful, yeah. beautiful. Place. Super cheap there too. I was really? balling out. I was, <laughs> I was balling, balling out. We went to the club. We got VIP and bottle service. We felt what is vodka. Like what does a bottle of vodka cost there? At VIP. <sighs> a bottle of vodka would probably be the equivalent to like. And American dollars. What? Probably. So if you wanted to get like beer VIP was service, like, it was like ten bucks. If you wanted to get like a picture picture of five beers, it was like three dollars. Are you serious? I swear on my life. But you know what the problem is? What? Like the, with the fact that it's so cheap, you're like, it's so cheap that I'm just gonna keep balling out, and then you realize uh, you actually spent a lot of money. That, that was <laughs> yeah. my issue. I was heading to that ATM on a daily basis, pulling out more cash because I was just there was yeah. no holding me back in that place. Yeah, that's so funny. Yeah, I bought a lot of a lot of stuff too. Bought a lot of cheap knockoff Nike clothing, but it was like looks hey, whatever. Me. It's not it's not made far away from there. Yeah, exactly. Some of it is made in Thailand. It's real enough for me. The um, damn, that's crazy. That was the one thing that I was super surprised about when when I went to Norway was how expensive everything was. Mm-hmm. Norway is mucho bucks. I would say Norway was probably about 20% more expensive than it is here. Wow. Yeah. I feel like there's not a lot of places that are more expensive than New York. <laughs> I know. I know. So, like you want, you want a bottle a bottle of beer? $9. Oh, you don't tip God. though, which isn't that All bad. Right. But it's still like, you know, you get a bottle of beer for six here, it's nine there. You know, we went, uh, we paid, or I shouldn't say we paid, we were going to pay $75 for 24 beers. At a supermarket. Holy shit. Yeah. That's ridiculous. Um, gas was like, I want to say it was like $7, almost $7 a gallon over there. Um, God. Everybody drove electric cars or Prius there. Everybody. Um, They're doing it right. Yeah. Uh, what else? Obviously, it was cold. People were there were stupid nice though like really the nicest people I feel like i hear a lot of stuff about europeans being kind of stuck up dude norwegians are the nicest people ever and they're always willing to help you like at least that's, that's what awesome. i felt like i was just like hey like i'm not from around here can you help me out and like oh yeah like do you want me to walk you there and i was like 
Is this a, this is weird because that doesn't happen. <laughs> Can you in New imagine York. like us being from another country and visiting New York City and trying to ask people for help? <laughs> Never people would in New York aren't you. that terrible, but it's just like like people in Norway just go way above and beyond. Yeah, way. And then the other weird thing too was um, food was like crazy expensive compared to like you know, like I got a, I got fish and chips there one night. And like fish and chips here, you know, it's like probably like fifteen bucks, maybe on the high end like sixteen, seventeen. If it's really good, like eighteen bucks. It was like twenty four dollars there, and it literally came with two, like two tiny little pieces of fish, and like a handful of French fries. Like wow. it was just like one handful done. Like there's your twenty two dollar meal, wow. and then I was like, what? Like that's it? You want a cheeseburger for like seventeen dollars? I'd never survive. I'd starve there. I'd, starve <laughs> I'd starve there. I have such. A bad I don't know appetite. what their minimum wage was, but they say it's it's definitely higher than it is here. Mm-hmm. I'd like <clears throat> a, a girl working at a restaurant was making like eighteen dollars an hour. So and like that was with she. I mean, she got tips on top of that too. It's like eighteen bucks an hour plus tips really isn't that bad. They don't tip that much. Yeah. But she's like, yeah, you know, pays for like my gas for the week or whatever it is. I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. And then she's like, you know, the money I it's make here, but, yeah. She's like, it's not great money, but it's definitely enough money to get by. And I'm like, all right, so it's not that bad. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a higher standard of living. Yeah, well, and then, but and everybody in walks terms of everywhere. And like Oslo is not like New York City at all. Like, there's plenty of parking all over the place. People just walk everywhere. Like people park like deliberately on the outskirts of like the city, and they all they just walk all throughout. Really? Like there's plenty of parking in your, in there, but mostly everybody's walking and like. It's not just, like, one person walking. It's always groups of people. Like, everybody's just, like, hanging out, like, talking to somebody walking. It was very, like, very few and far between. People were just walking by themselves. Are the sidewalks crowded? No. Wow. Everything about yeah. Thailand seems polar opposite. Like, even the food there was super cheap, and it was really good. I had duck, and oh, my Duck God. is good. Duck it is really insane. good. It was insane. It was insane. They had the full, like, duck, like, the, the whole dead duck with the head and everything yep. right there yep. for people to see. And then... They take it to the back and <laughs> do whatever with it, and that shit was delicious. Uh, the one thing I didn't get to try was, like, real Norwegian food, but apparently even Norwegian people think it's gross. <laughs> like, I, I, I was talking uh, – we wound up meeting some people, and there was uh, one girl, and I was like, ah, oh, one thing I want to do before I leave because it was, like, the second last day. I was like, I want to eat real, like, Norwegian food, and she goes, you don't want to eat it. She goes, it's disgusting. I was like, really? She's like, only old people eat it, like – like the older generation, like the new, the younger like generation the, doesn't eat like it at all. Signature stuff is it like? Do they? It was oh, based stuff off fish. It was very yeah. It was like very fishy, oily, salty. Um, a lot of jelly. They use a lot of jelly there. Jelly. Yeah. Um, very interesting stuff that they like eat. Other, like you can find real food all over the place. It, it was actually hard to find Norwegian food, hmm. but it was very interesting in that in that regard. And then. Um, Norway, the whole country has the same population as Long Island. So, like, it's not crowded at all. The whole country. The whole country has the same popula- population as Long Island. Like, not crowded at all. Wow. There's protests going on about protesting uh, the wolves, hunting the wolves because the wolves were killing the livestock. And literally the protest was just a bunch of people hanging out. Like... In front of town hall with like signs and like there was no violence, no nothing. The cops were, like hanging out, like hey, everyone just super nice. Everybody, cops you like, yeah, we're just here in case anything happens. Please, um, <laughs> you want a beer? Yeah, 
just super super nice and then we saw some kid get locked up he tried to fight a cop which was pretty funny really yeah it was like that is pretty funny yeah he got he got rocked pretty good um <laughs> i love watching assholes get arrested yeah and it was funny too because like you don't really see like you always know like what happens like here like you don't see like what happens over there but it was kind of funny like to see somebody in another country get arrested yeah and then for being over intoxicated but it was it, that was cool not that i want anyone to get arrested but yeah at the same time though it's like if they're oh like acting That's like it, it's like, yeah, but like you the got house it. Is so nice, like the <laughs> nicest people, like the nicest people. Like if you need something, oh, like do you need help? Are you okay? Can I help you with anything? Like whatever it is. Like you walk by, hey, what's up, man? How are you? Like they give you a handshake, high five you. Like no questions asked. That's like, so sick. Like everybody's got a smile on their face. Um, just very, very strange. Like culture shock. Yeah. The first time I ever got pulled over by a cop. Actually, like, he walked up to the car, and I was like, hello, officer, and I put my hand out to shake his hand, and he just, like, looked at my hand as if, like, what the fuck are you doing? And he's like, license and registration. I was like, okay. <laughs> and yeah. this is this is over. Thank you. Yeah. I tried to go for another one at the end, though, and he he he, he gave me a fist bump. He gave you a fist bump. All right. So. Good stuff. Did you get a ticket with a fist no, bump? No. No, I left me <laughs> off the hook. Yeah, I was go. crazy, too, because I was going, like, 16 or 30. Oh, I blew right through a stop sign too. It was on Melville Road, leaving school after chapter one night. Uh, and he's like, "What were you doing?" I was like, uh, "I just got out of chapter with my fraternity. Like, it's a late night tonight, and I just really want to get home. I'm like shot. I got to be up early tomorrow." And he's like, "Oh, it's like what fraternity?" And I was like, "Kappa Sigma." And he says the fraternity that he was in. Oh, he was, oh okay. Yeah, and you then got that, lucky. Yeah, I honestly you got, got very lucky. lucky. I was like, "Oh, it's like how was it over there?" I started asking him questions, yeah. and then. He's just like, all right, have a good night. I was like, shit. <laughs> all right. And that's when I went for the handshake again. He gave me the fist bump. I was very content. That's so funny. I was very, very content. Well, well how was uh, like the cops and stuff over it in Thailand? Oh, you know what? Our tuk-tuk actually got pulled over, and we got searched because they were looking for like hardcore drugs, like heroin and stuff like that. We're like, what are you guys looking for? They're like, heroin. And I was like, What? <laughs> like, did tourists bring it that often here? <laughs> you kidding me? Uh, yeah, I was. Uh, but they were yeah. they were very uh, they were very nice after That's they did so the search crazy. and everything like that. Definitely want to. I definitely like now that I've been to Norway and I'm hearing hearing the story. I definitely want to travel more. Oh yeah, definitely one At, of my goals. Once because I used to, I'd never traveled outside the country. Last time I was actually on a plane, my first time actually on a plane, I was 18. Mm-hmm. I flew. You know, to Florida and back, easy flight, obviously. Mm-hmm. And then I had a, you know, I'm coming into this. I have to do a 15 hour flight to Shanghai. That was 15 hours. Shanghai was 15 hours there. Oh. Then a seven hour flight from Shanghai to Thailand. And I was like freaking out a little bit. But now, after I've went through the entire experience, I want to travel outside the country all the time, all the time. I love the cultural shock. I love throwing myself in a situation where everything is completely brand new. Your entire environment, the people you're about to speak to are completely different than what you're used to. Yeah. I think it's very important for everybody to kind of travel and get to know what different cultures are like. Yeah. Unfortunately, not everybody has a luxury. Yeah. Which is very sad because I feel like you're living almost a, a very ignorant life if you aren't exposing yourself to something that's much bigger than you. You know, when you're kind of in the same place for a certain amount of time... You start to feel like your world is the world. Yes. You know, and when you travel outside the country, it really reminds you how big 
the world is and how different people are from you and that you're not the center of the universe. It's a very humbling experience and I think it's very important Yeah, that's awesome. for, uh, for moving forward. Yeah. It's funny too because after going to Norway, all I want, I want to travel outside of the country mm-hmm. but only to warm only to warm I'm places. the same one I'm the same exact <laughs> one. I'm like an old lady dude I hate the cold here I, I walk out in the morning oh my god I forgot to take the trash out last night my mom woke me up at 7am to like oh. take the trash out and I walked out in pajamas and a hoodie and the fucking cold hit me and I was like yeah, I had the grouchiest face bringing oh, those pails yeah, out 10 degrees, like, 12 degrees sucks I hate this place it's so cold Sounded like a like naggy old lady. Because I'm like, why would you want to live somewhere where, it, where it hurts to go outside? Like it doesn't yeah. feel good to go outside. Like summertime, I'm charged up. Like I have, I think I there's there's actually a thing for it, I believe at least. And yeah, it's a thing it where you get depressed. Seasonal depression. Yeah, seasonal depression. Yeah, I've heard about it. I think it's a real thing. And yeah, that, it is, actually it is because and I can tell you why. In Ooh. Russia, where it's like always fucking cold, they actually have the highest suicide rate in the world, I believe. Really? I could be incorrect, but I'm almost positive that that's a true stati- uh, statistic. And uh, I, I think don't isn't it have something to do with? Uh, I know some of it's getting to do with sun. Vitamin from the sun. Yeah, vitamins from the sun. C D. Uh, vitamin D. Vitamin D. Vitamin D. Yeah. It has something to do with that, I think. Mm. And also, like. Snow is inconvenient as shit. It makes you very angry when you're trying to drive through it. <laughs> <laughs> it does. It oh. does not make for good driving conditions. Yeah. The um, yeah. I don't, I want to travel. Like I want to go to New Zealand. I want to go to Australia. Australia definitely. Yeah. Um, I do want to go to Canada though. That is one cold place I'd like to go. Canada in the summertime. Yeah. Not in the winter. Mm-hmm. I don't need to. Oh, Can- Canadians are super nice. Oh yeah. Oh. The, Sorry. Uh, <laughs> a boot. Oi. <laughs> Um, the, that, and I want to go to, where's my other big place I want to go to? I would like to go to like Brazil, that area down there. You know, I don't know about. too much about Brazil. I don't know either. That's kind of why I want to go. I just know it's warm. Mm-hmm. I just want to go somewhere where it's warm. That's yeah. pretty much like the only go. Uh, and then like, you always, I don't want to say generic, but everybody always wants to go to Italy, and yep. Italy, Spain. Like I do want to go to all those places, but I want to go to more extravagant places yeah. first. I like going to like different places. I feel like Thailand wasn't a very popular place like when you think of traveling outside the country you think of italy and france and london and stuff like that um i like going to places where i haven't seen it so much in media i guess Mm. you'd say i'll save that stuff yeah norway is kind of like that Mm. norway was like that nobody i didn't know anybody that went to norway Mm -hmm. until after i went now because once you go you talk about it more and once I started going, I was like, oh, you've been to Norway? They're like, oh, yeah. And then they're like, what'd you do? And I was like, oh, we spent fucking seven days in Oslo because we couldn't <laughs> figure out how to get up to see the Northern Lights. <laughs> oh, that's another thing, though. I really want to see the Northern Lights. Yeah. Aren't they going to be, like, gone in a couple of years? They're supposed to be gone for a couple of years, and then they come back. They, yeah, it's like on, off, on, off. Um, I got to see that in my lifetime. Yeah, that's that's one thing I definitely want to see for sure. Um, for anyone who's listening, you can't see the Northern Lights in Oslo. You have to go way up north. Really? Oslo is super far. Oslo is like the most southern point in Norway, or one of the most southern points in Norway. You have to go all the way up to like, because I was looking up photos online, like the nerd that I am, and I'm like googling like, oh, Nor- Norwegian um, Northern Lights, and like it's like literally on top of you. And I was like, oh my god, that's so cool. And then it turns out that you have to go it, to get to it is not very easy if you're not from around there and you don't plan well. But you have to fly into Norway, and then from Norway you have to fly up north 
or you can take like a seven hour train ride and then only once you get there it's not even guaranteed that you're gonna see them like if it's cloudy or whatnot yeah you really gotta plan well like you yeah and then you have to make sure you go on the months that have the highest likelihood of seeing northern lights and stuff like that but yeah it's not they're not the easiest to find shit i mean something that beautiful yeah kind of like makes sense you know that's pretty rare you yeah. can't see it anywhere else right no there's, there's a bunch of places you got to go all the way up north though you can see it believe it or not you can see the northern lights in uh, new york wow yeah you got to go that. all the way upstate though um and basically to the point where you're in canada and then you can see the northern lights hmm. so oh. that's very intriguing learn something new every day i guess but yeah i mean i'm big on the whole how would i put it i love experiences yeah you know not just with traveling but just in general because i'm all about uh becoming wiser you know it's all about learning man life experiences and and how you pull from those experiences i don't believe in failures the only failure i really believe in is when you're not doing anything to push yourself forward in activity almost it's kind of like failure when you're being lousy and and whatnot but when you're in terms of failing, if you don't succeed at something, it's all about the lessons you pull from that. So I don't call them failures. I call them lessons. Makes sense? Smart. Smart. So, yeah, I'm big on experiences because I'm big on, like, finding out about the world. I feel like that's the number one thing you could really do no matter what lifestyle you're from mm-hmm. or what you do as a career or how you were raised. Finding out about the world around you and kind of – what is it? Uh, Maslow's Hierarchy. Self-actualization, the peak of Maslow's hierarchy. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And coming to self-actualization. I'm, I'm big Real on thing. that. Yeah, you you were talking about stoicism before. Yeah, stoicism. How'd you find stoicism, and how'd you get into Tim Ferriss' stoicism? Um, The link to Tim Ferriss' TED Talk was sent to me from a friend. Okay. And I watched it, and I was like, wow. I oh, could really sure. use that. I've because, seen that before. Yeah, I consider myself more emotional than like the average person. I don't mean that as in like I'm a crybaby, although sometimes I can be. But <laughs> I take things very deeply. Okay. And it's kind of a gift and a curse. When I take things very deeply, I'm able to kind of see things through experiences that maybe not the normal person would see. But at the same time, when I hurt or when I fail, I fail or, or hurt deeply, mm-hmm. right? And that's why I say it's like a gift and a curse. So stoicism is kind of a way out from the, the bad part of being so emotional because you kind of not that you shut off your emotions but you kind of sit there and look at it from almost like a third party standpoint like mm. I'm feeling sad and like you kind of like notice it and acknowledge it's there and then it kind of just dissipates and you're not feeling like so sad and I believe stoicism can be a way to approach difficult situations if you like run a business or in a more professional standpoint mm. it's a better way to handle a situation because you're thinking with logic, you're thinking um, rationally, and you're not letting your emotions get in the way of your decisions. And that was an issue that I came to face with with a lot of stuff in my quote-unquote professional life, I guess you could say, yeah. or when it came to my obligations. And that's why when you were talking about um, identity and role, mm-hmm. that one time we had that talk, it really stuck with me. And uh, I think the reason why it stuck with me so much how would I put it? I'm a firm believer in the way that you could say a certain thing to somebody a million different ways. There's a, a million different ways you can combine words and put them together to tell somebody one specific point. But if you 
take that combination of words and you say it just the right way with the right demeanor, you can hit somebody in their fucking soul oh, with yeah. that point you're trying to make. Yep. And I think that's like the beauty of public speaking. Mm-hmm. Some of the more uh, profound public speakers like Winston Churchill mm-hmm. or Tony Robbins is a really good yeah. one. Eric Thomas. You probably heard of Eric Thomas, right? Motivational no, I speaker. I haven't heard of Eric Thomas. He, they, amazing. Amazing motivational speaker. But I think it's it's absolutely fascinating because I've kind of heard the same basis as that topic with identity and role that we talked about. But I've heard it in different ways. But when you put it like that, it just made so much more sense to me. And it really stuck with me. So I, I find it very interesting. For sure. Eric Thomas. I don't know. if I, I don't think I know this guy. You've definitely heard the, uh, what's it called? Is it the you, if you don't want to succeed as bad as you want to breathe. Yes. That's oh, that's the guy. him? That's Eric Thomas. Oh. All that's right, like I his coined speech. Like, Jesus. That's I a good speech. Yeah. I, tell that, I tell that speech to a lot of people. Or some, or I shouldn't say I shouldn't tell it to a lot of people, but I tell people a lot about that speech, and you know, and because I see whatever in business, you see people all the time that are like either trying to succeed or you know they say all they want to do is succeed, but nobody wants to put in the work. Nobody wants to succeed. Yeah, no. nobody really wants. To succeed. Everybody is either scared of success, they're scared out of attempting thing. success. People are scared of of failing and putting time and resources, and then feeling like it's going to be wasted. So mm. that's why. Most people don't take that chance. Everybody kind of takes the safe route. You know what is uh, something I really believe in? The number one outcome of peer pressure is not drugs or alcohol or going out and partying and ditching your obligations. The number one outcome of peer pressure is mediocrity. Yes. I think that is... I agree with that. ...is so common because we live in a society where there's this structure in place everybody believes you just got to go to school get a normal job after you get your degree Mm -hmm. and then work the rest of your life until you retire which is pretty much at the end of your life anyway so you're kind of too old to do a lot of stuff Mm -hmm. so when i meet people like you who are doing stuff that is outside the box like having a podcast like i love meeting people like you Mm -hmm. because it's someone that's walking through life on their own path you know so, yeah, I kind of got lost in what I was talking about. That's I forgot the good, point. <laughs> it's all good. No, I tend to ramble a sto- lot. No, stoicism, man. Yeah, the, stoicism. Um, for sure. It's, it's, fear is definitely a huge factor, fear of failure, mm-hmm. which I don't understand because all your life, you're, all you do is fail. Like, yeah. literally all you do, like, learning to walk, fail, learning to drive, fail. Like, you have to keep doing it to get better at it. You know, one thing, one thing I've realized, and... This is the the negative part about technology. Is this it's this instant, gra- either instant gratification or it's instant success. You know, you take a test now, you know the answer literally the moment you hit submit. Mm-hmm. It'll give you the answers for your test. It'll tell you whether or not you passed the test. And I think that is a serious issue because there's not even a delay. There's not even like a time to reflect on you know the test that you took or whatever it is. It's just instant. everything's instantaneous. And because it's instant, you know instantly if it's going to be failure. But a lot of people, and this is just what I've realized, is a lot of people, you know, they try to succeed. They try to succeed. But if it doesn't work two or three times, they quit. Mm-hmm. You know, if it doesn't work five times, they quit. It doesn't work ten times, they quit. You know, I've and I and I always relate it back to podcasting because I do it so much. Is you know, I've seen people start, you know, brutally honest podcast before. While I had it, they started and tried to do a show on top of mine. 
and they're already done. Their their episode, you know, they did 10, 15 episodes, and they're already done. And this is just because I searched Brutally Honest Podcast on SoundCloud, and I'm actually curious to see if they've done one episode. And I'm not calling anybody out. Um, We're about to slay you in the podcast game. You got Brutally Honest. <laughs> You're going down, boy. The um, – oh, I don't even think I see him anymore. But it's just – it's crazy to see that people are – People think that they're going to get successful immediately. You know, you have guys like um, Gary Vaynerchuk. Who, I love Gary V. Gary V is an animal. He's all about playing the long game. He always talks about playing the long game. Oh, it, it is. It's that's what it, that people don't understand. That's the long game. People, you know, everybody's always hounding me. Oh, you got to monetize this or, you, or whatever it is. And I'm like, I, I don't need to be famous this year. Mm-hmm. I don't need to be famous next. I don't care if I ever get famous. What I want to do is I want to do it for a long period of time, and if people like it, it'll get it'll it'll catch. It's all about quality content. Yeah, quality content will be found, and it will blow up. It's just a matter of time. I think there's a number of reasons why people are afraid of success. I mean, there's fear of commitment, <clears throat> there's fear of success itself, and then very importantly, there's fear of the unknown. Because everybody's so scared because like they're basically going to go into it without knowing shit, and like. Where do they start? What's the first step? This and that. But you just got to do it. You just got to throw yourself into the uh, into the fire. No, for sure. I don't even see them up here anymore. And they started right after I started. Do you think that they saw you, the title of your podcast? Oh, and tried to steal they, it? I searched Brutally Honest. When I first made it, actually, thanks to you, because you're the one that came up with the Brutally Honest podcast name. So for anyone. Oh, that's right. Yeah, right? I oh, didn't, didn't wow. Remember. That's so, right. It's me in the flesh. Um. It's it's me in the flesh. Right here, the founder the, of the name. But I've seen people start and you know, they've started after me. I started and they just vanished. And then now what? Like I have not that I have more than they have, but you know, they are they started in after I did and they're already done. I'm like, I haven't even been doing this a year yet and you've mm-hmm. already and you've already quit. Like of course you're gonna fail. Like, nobody's famous overnight. Nobody. It's literally impossible. The only way that you can be semi-famous overnight is if you go viral. Mm-hmm. And even then, going viral, and I've had um, Adam Schleichhorn on the podcast. Like, his, he has a YouTube channel, How to Go Viral. And it's literally just, he makes all these mashups, and they're fantastic. But he's like, there's no, even when my videos go viral, you know, I get a couple thousand subscribers. But that's it. Like, he goes, that's it. I'm not famous. Like, I'm not, holy shit, this is so-and-so. Like, you have to keep producing this crazy content. Yeah. You know, like, all these people. Roman Atwood, he's huge on the internet. Like, and I only say him because he, he's, this stuff always constantly pops up on Facebook. You know, Joe Santiago. These people produce content all of the time. Like, if they quit after their first skit or whatever they did... Of course they're going to fail. But, you know, this guy's producing vi- – they're producing videos at least once a week, mm-hmm. multiple, if not multiple times a week, with huge people because they've gotten so big and they've grown with it. That's so important. People people just think, oh, I'm going to start a podcast. I'm going to be famous tomorrow. Like, if it was, if that was the recipe, I'd be famous already because I would have found it because I've done way too much work – way too much homework on it. Mm-hmm. And you know what else is funny is that people will do certain things – like start a podcast and stuff like that. And they only see like the glory of being big and this and that. But the people that really stick it out and succeed are the people that like doing it just because they like doing it. Mm-hmm. They appreciate the whole hustle of it. 
And obviously it's nice when you get big or you become very successful in what you do. But that's not the intention of why you should yeah. be doing if it. If that's intention, your goal, you're going to fail. Exactly. Your intention should be like whatever it is, but like it should always – you feel it in your heart when you, whenever you're doing it, whether one person sees it or 100 people see it, so on and so forth. You just got to care about the content you're creating because at the end of the day, that's an extension of yourself. And if you're not coming from the right uh, place of mind with that factor included, you'll never be successful yeah. because you're not you're not properly representing yourself. Yeah. And and the other thing, too, that I've realized is not only that is, you know, people to start something, you don't have to know anything about it. Absolutely. But you have to be willing to work towards it. Mm-hmm. And that's another thing, too, that I've seen. You know, people, all these people, you know, I'm going to start this, I'm going to start this, I'm going to start this. And they start it, they get, you know, their first foot on the ground. And then they don't keep, you know, everybody says, you got to keep innovating. You got to keep learning. You got to keep, you know, how do you get how do you get better at it? And they don't, that's, I think, one of the most critical things. Because anybody could start anything if you want to. Mm-hmm. But it's keeping going with it, you know. It's never gonna. It's gonna take so long. You know, they say, "What is it? Out of one out of every, or four out of every five businesses, or nine out of every ten businesses fail in the first five years." I think. Yeah, it's the first five years, and then how many fail after that? You know, it takes so long to get that ball rolling, and the moment you say, "All right, I'm good," game over, because people realize that you're not. You don't care. You're not innovating like all of that. You have to constantly. That's one of the. The benefits about working in the IT industry, it just moves so fast. You know, it's not I, – I mean, I, we and I've used this example a million times. I look at Best Buy, you know. They didn't want to go into the, the, the mail-in streaming stuff like Netflix did. But, you know, look at who's on the market now. Yeah. Best Buy's a relic. One, one of my funny <laughs> – Ted. Ted sent me uh, – Ted Gallucci sent me a, uh, a snap, and it was a photo of – Pirates of the Caribbean with a blockbuster sticker on it. He goes, I'm trying to sell it. I go, for what? He goes, as a relic. I was like, oh, my God. Dude, I He's remember like, if blockbuster. I if I don't sell it on e- on uh, eBay, I'm going to hold on to it so I can show my kids what happened. <laughs> blockbuster was the shit back in the day. Netflix is killing it, man. Netflix killed Oof. Blockbuster. And now it's looking to kill big-time movie production because now they're doing all their stuff in house. Yeah. They got Netflix originals. The um, everybody's trying to get into the original series now. Uh, Disney, all all of this. I think Disney's all got di- their hands on everything. Well, Disney's everything. got so much money. Yeah, it's a powerhouse, so, man. So much money, and they have the name that fucking mouse. Oh, he's got his dirty hands in everybody's <laughs> pockets. The um, I mean, Dis- Disney's a tremendous, and now Disney's wants to create their own TV shows. You know, Netflix now has their own TV shows. I think most of Disney got pulled from Netflix because they get, they revoked their rights. You know, you have HBO coming out. Um, you have uh, Hulu. Like, you can't watch any. Like, it's it's basically whoever gets the first rights to the whatever the hell you're watching. Because, like, I can't. I'd rather pay. This sounds crazy, but I'd rather pay an extra 20 bucks or 10 bucks a month to get the access to um, like HBO Go and have it all in one platform. Yeah. The fact that now I need to have, like, Excuse me. The fact that I need to have multiple platforms to watch different things and it's not all right there. Like I can't watch Game of Thrones Pain, on Netflix. Yeah. Like oh, it makes me Game so sad. Don't even get me started on that show. I'm only like two seasons in, so it's you can't amazing. Spoil. It gets it only gets better. It only gets better. I just started watching uh, Archer. Archer. Oh, I know that show. I've never watched it. Oh my god. I know god. about it. That show 
as funny as could be. Yeah. I never thought I, I well, I was playing video games with one of my buddies, and they're like, uh, you gotta watch Archer. I'm like, why? Like, it's really funny. And I was like, no way. Like, it looks so stupid. Yeah, I thought it looked kind of stupid. It is hysterical. Hmm. Maybe I'll show. try it out. I need a new show. That Narcos. I actually I love Narcos. I couldn't watch Narcos. I, I don't know. Though. Maybe it's just me. I can't really. I'm trying to get in, more into Game of Thrones. I think because there's so much, there's so many moving parts, and I don't have the attention span to sit there and try to figure pieces. That's all what together. I was just about to say. You really have to pay attention to the dialogue in that show, and even it it goes down to the people's mannerisms yeah. in that show that give away certain things. So yep. you really have to have a keen eye when you're watching that show. Mm-hmm. And I just don't pay enough attention when I watch. Like I'll have, you know, I'll have. Um, Netflix or whatever it is on one like on my home computer on one screen. I'll have a video game or the podcast stuff on another, and then another like internet browser. Mm-hmm. So I'm like constantly going back and forth. So mm-hmm. I'm like I don't have that attention span of no. I shouldn't say attention span. I have the attention span to do, but I'm like I need to do something else. You know, Archer is a 20 minute episode. I could bang out on an Archer yeah. episode and easy, easy peasy. Nothing. The wildlife. Oh yeah. We Gatt. are live with your host Harrison Barron and your co-host Anthony Gatt. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, we were just talking off the air about. We talked a lot. We co- we cover more shit off the air <laughs> yeah. than we do on the air. I was more comfortable talking to you off the air, not because I was off the air, but because I'm not so anxious anymore. Because I really had to pee like really <laughs> bad while we were on the air. So now that I'm comfortable, we could really kickstart this shit. Now I was basically talking off the air to Harrison about. Uh, how I did a lot more wild stuff back in high school. Now in college, I'm like an old man. I do nothing. I'll, I'll come out, Isn't but I'm so very depressing reserved. As you get, I, I shouldn't say it's depressing, but it's crazy that shift of life. Yeah, it is. I mean, back then it's also like, oh, I can't get arrested. I'm too young. Now, of course, you could still get yourself in trouble, but like, it was that naive mindset that pushed me to do all the stupid shit that I would do back in high school. One time, there was this park. It was called Forest City. And it was under construction. The parking lot was under construction. Why does that sound familiar? It's over by my town. Okay. Um, it, the parking lot was under construction. And we used to go there at night, like me and my hometown friends, to go drink. Mm-hmm. Now, I drank like this water bottle of Svegor or some, some stupid shit like that. And the cranes were still there. And I hop in the crane. I noticed the keys are still in the crane. No. So I kicked that bitch on. And I, I couldn't swing it. I couldn't find out how to, like, make the controls work to where I could, like, swing the crane uh-huh. arm. But I flipped on, like, the lights and the sirens and shit like that. My friend's in the bobcat next to me. I'm, like, fucked up at this point, right? I That's turn over. Drinking and <laughs> trespassing and playing. So it's a lot of crimes stacked up. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I turn to my friend Kevin who was in the Bobcat to the left of me. And I go, yo, this is pretty awesome, Kevin. And I look over and I'm like, Kevin? And he's gone. I was like, what the fuck? I was like, Kevin? Kevin? I'm just looking around. I don't see anybody. I I look at the fence. There's a fucking cop car. There's a cop outside the car already at the fence. And he goes, don't fucking move. And I sat there for probably about like four seconds, right? And I'm thinking, I'm weighing my options in a critical moment right now. And I'm like, (laughs) okay. I'm wearing a sweatshirt with my last name on the back. If I move fast enough, maybe he won't see it. Do I run or do I stay and get in trouble? I was like, I'm fucking running. (laughs) So I hop out this thing as fast as I can. And since the parking lot's under construction, it's like fenced off. And the piece of the fence is like kind of semi-broken to where it looked like a ramp. I was like, I'll just run up this fence, this semi-broken fence, jump over, go into the, the woods, and I should be fine. I run up the fence. I trip, barrel roll up it, off it. Hit my hip on concrete, hurt my hip so fucking bad. Uh, I was like, shit. And I'm like, still, still on the run, run at this point. Yeah. I'm still moving. 
I head into the woods, somehow miraculously meet up with my friends in the woods, and the cops actually went looking for us. You see the flashlights uh, going through the woods and stuff. They yeah. didn't obviously look that hard because they probably could have found us if they wanted to. But, uh, yeah, by the end of the night, I had poison ivy on my dick. I don't know how the hell that even happened. Well, I should say the next day. So I was like, wow, this was a really shitty night. God that, yeah. damn. I was wild, I was man. not that much of a badass. No, I wouldn't even say it was me being a badass. It was just me being stupid. We yeah. used to, like, my whole grade used to just go out to fields mm-hmm. and drink. I feel like every high school does it. But, like, we made it a sport to run from cops. We made it a sport. <laughs> who who would stay the longest and let the cops get the closest to them before they took off and shit like that? Oh, my God. We were running every weekend. Every weekend. One night, close to Halloween, we were in this field, and there was, like, the whole high school was there. It was, like, 100-plus kids or some shit. And cops came, so you see this huge mob scene of kids running through the field into neighborhoods. And, uh... Everybody's got pumpkins on their porches, so I'm running. I'm picking up pumpkins off people's lawns and shit as I'm moving and smashing them on the ground. There's a whole bunch of dumb stuff I used to do. Now, I'm like, you would never catch me doing any of that. Mature. Yeah. Maturity. It's a terrible thing. Yeah, I feel like everybody's got to get it out of their system at one point. Most people, I should say. Some people are just naturally reserved. That's just like who they are. Yeah. But uh, people who kind of got that spunk in them, Especially people who have had it like suppressed get really crazy. That's why yes. I feel like Catholic school kids. The Catholic school <laughs> kids are low key nuts. I hear stories about Catholic school people all the time. There's a, there's always been stories yeah. about Catholic school kids. He's got the kids with spunk in them, and they're like trying to repress that, and then all of a sudden they just bust yeah, wide yeah. open. By the time they get to college, because they're free and they're fucking animals. Animals, <laughs> I tell you. Sick they run, they run rampant and froth <laughs> from the mouth. Yeah. That's <laughs> a, my kid is going to public school. No doubt about it. That's, dude, that's, we're not far away from having kids. That's the scariest part. I know. I, I always like think back. I'm like, with, like, it's very possible that within the next 10 years I'll have a kid. It scares the shit out of me. It scares the living shit out. I am not ready to be a parent whatsoever. <laughs> it's so funny cuz it I've, as I'm getting older now, I'm starting to see more and more people have kids. And I mean pe- people have been having kids now for goddamn forever, but mm-hmm. the people I always talk to these people I'm like, you know, what's it like having a kid? And they're just like, you ever just think you're not prepared for life? <laughs> now imagine somebody hands you a child. And I'm just like, <laughs> wow. Oh my god. Well, that's terrible. <laughs> Why would know, I want to do that? It's actually really funny because when I was growing up and I was a little kid, I always looked at adults as like these all-knowing, omniscient beings mm-hmm. that always had the answer to whatever problem was going on. And now that you grow up, you realize everybody is just fucking faking it. <laughs> <laughs> They're all pretending. Literally faked it the Yeah, whole I know way. what the fuck's going on. <laughs> yeah. Nope. <laughs> at least that's what I do. I don't know about everybody else. Is it? And that's the other thing that blows my mind, too, is how many people don't actually know what's going on? So many. Like, yeah, so and- many. People in their 40s, too. They're just like, they, they probably look back and they're like, how the fuck did I even make it here? Honestly. They're I look like, at people, and I'm 25, and I look at people that are 25, and I'm like, how did you make it here? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Crazy. It is a wild. Life hits you like a fucking train. It really does. And that, and that'll give you a baby. Yeah. Now here's a kid. And and look, most I would say most babies are pretty much planned for the most part. Yeah. But there's... There's people that I see that have babies that are unplanned, and don't get me wrong, it's not not a bad thing to have an unplanned baby, but 
have an unpa- unplanned baby and you're not ready for it. Like, not even a little bit ready mm-hmm. for it. Like, holy shit. I feel like the people that are really not ready for it, if they're not stupid in general, but the people that are uh, really not ready for it are the ones that take the most precaution against it, though. I yes. feel like the, a lot of the kids that happen to be, like, accidents, for lack of a better term. Um, I was an accident. Don't worry about it. <laughs> um, all the people that... Happen to have an accident child. Oh, that sounds so bad. An unplanned child. <laughs> an unplanned child. Are kind of the ones that really kind of establish themselves. And it was like, all right, if it happens, like, it's going to be a bit of an adjustment and it might be a little tough. But, like, we're pretty much prepared for it mm. for the most so, part. Or at least yeah. one individual out of the two. The um, My mom my mom was always, was always like, no, you were planned, you were planned. I'm like, mom, don't try to lie to me right now. <laughs> She's like, why? I go, you had me when you were in nursing school. That's like, a rough time to like, have a kid. Why would you have a baby in nursing school? That makes no sense. Did your mom make it through nursing school too? Yeah. Wow. Respect right? to her, man. Mucho respect. Respect to her. Um, but I was like, you don't have to lie to me. I know it was a mistake. It's okay. There's nothing wrong with it. I'm here. You know, came out okay yeah. for the most part. You know, some screws are loose, but whatever. <laughs> I, I pretty much lived up to your expectations, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> It's it, it's always funny too because every mom is always super nervous about their kid. Oh yeah, mainly the, I feel like mainly the boys more, but I don't know. That's just me. Nah, my mom was was more about being super protective of the girls. But you know what else? I think my behavior over time kind of like allowed me to get more freedom because mm-hmm. every time I messed up or like I knew like I wasn't going to be home on time mm-hmm. and stuff like that, or even when I was just intentionally being a dick, mm-hmm. I would tell my mom. Mm. And like, and I t- I just take it on the chin like a champ, and then she eventually just learned to trust me. And now we have a very open relationship because of that. Oh, it's good. And now she doesn't really worry about me at all when I tell her I'm going to go do stuff because she knows I'm responsible enough. Yeah. So the uh, it's always funny because like now I'm 25 years old. I'm a big dude, mm-hmm. and it's funny because my mom will be like, you know, be careful, don't drink too much. And I'm like, mom, what's the worst that's going to happen if I drink too much? Like, I probably won't drink too much to the point where I'll go to the hospital. One, two. Even if I do drink too much, I'm not going to drive. Like, I, I just don't even think about driving anymore. I just take an Uber everywhere. Two, three, even – and now if I do get too intoxicated, I'll either walk home, call an Uber, or find a ride. On the off chance that the finding of the ride is probably the most – I mean, walking home is probably the most, quote, unsafe. What's going to happen? I'm going to fall asleep on the side of the road. Like, I'm 250-plus uh, pounds. Nobody's just – Picking me up and throw me in their car. Like, that's a goddamn process. A dead, like, a, a limp body, 250 pounds. Good luck. The body hunters will be on their shoes. Yeah. Like, Without me. It's not worth it. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The body hunters pull. Ah, uh, we don't have the manpower. This, this, this is a tough one. How much time do we got on our hands tonight? And no, not enough. I'm like, Mom, we live in a, and we live in a town that is four, two or four square miles. I go, somebody is going to drive by that knows me and hopefully wake me up to give me a ride home or see me walking home. What's the worst that's going to happen? Nobody's yeah. abducting me, you know, and she's like, no, but, you know, you could die on the side of the road. I go, I'm not going to die on the side of the road. I'm not walking home in the middle of winter here. I'm walking home in the middle of summer. It's 90 degrees outside. I'm going to wake up with what? Malaria because of mosquito bites? Have you ever blacked out? Yes. I've oh, never... Sure. Ever in my life blacked out. Really? My stomach will not let me get there. I will yak. And I, I am a hard, like, yacker. If, when I yak, it's painful. It doesn't just come up easy. Uh. So 
obviously I always try to avoid doing that, but my stomach will never let me get there. The furthest I've ever gone is uh, browning out. You know what browning mm, out yeah, is? Yeah, yeah, when you lose parts. Yeah, I only brown out once, and it was when I first started drinking in high school. It was like one of my first few times I was at this party with Bro, older kids. Uh. And there was this girl who was, like, really pretty. I'm, like, hammered at this point. I tell, like, one of my friends, I'm like, yo, that girl over there is so gorgeous. Like, can you do me a favor? Go over there and tell her that I think she's absolutely gorgeous. And then he goes, and I see him, like, go over, talk to her, like, and she looks at me and smiles and then says something to him. And he comes over with this big smile on my face. And he goes, yo, she said, and then I can't remember what he said after that. And Uh. it's, like, one of my biggest regrets in life ever since because, like, I could (laughs) have kissed this, like, gorgeous girl. I was like, shit. After that, I vowed. I made a vow that I would never forget a part of my night again uh, like that. Oh, man. I've definitely forgotten a good good chunk. I've forgotten more rides home. I'm usually pretty good at the entire process mm-hmm. until the ride home. Like, I've ridden my bike home, and I don't remember riding my bike home. But I know I rode my bike home because I remember going to get my bike. My bicycle, for anyone who's, who's wondering. Bicycle. I pedal home. <laughs> Dude, yo, everybody in Bayport rides their bikes. Everybody, yeah. nobody believes me, but like you go out late at night, twelve, one, two in the morning, it's not uncommon to find people riding their bikes. I used to longboard home drunk. Oh, the roads, roads weren't that good in Bayport. No, there's, there's definitely people that did it. Yeah, bike is more efficient though. I half the time when I get drunk, I, I don't realize it until I go home and I lay down, and it feels like the world tilts off its fucking axis. Uh, that like and everything starts spinning. I'm like, oh shit! Like the spins is the worst. I was drunk. But, like, it never hits me, like, while I'm, like, out. Because I'm, like, constantly moving around. I'm with the motion. I'm distracted. Mm-hmm. But once you lay down, you stare at your ceiling, and you start seeing it swirl like a fucking painting out of a... I don't even know what artist. Picasso. <laughs> These swirly paintings. <laughs> Whoever does swirly fucking paintings. Like, Starry Night. You ever see the Starry Night painting? Yes. That's what my, my ceiling will look uh, like when I'm drunk. I'm like, oh, my God. Rough. Never drinking true. beer again until tomorrow. The, uh... One, we we're an hour in, and we still haven't talked about your clothing. So I want to talk about your clothing. Yeah, we can talk about it a little bit. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. There's not much going on with it right now. Why? Uh, it I took a little drop off. It's coming back up now. We just actually yesterday I sent the payment to a manufacturer for hundred windbreakers. So I'm ready to start doing it again. So right now, like my main concern really is just getting the product itself because I've never done it like this way before. And then making sure it's up to the standard that I want it to be. And then just selling it to people and hope that people like it as much as I would. Um, Like we were talking about before about taking stuff slow Mm -hmm. with your podcast. I'm in no rush with it. I like to see like where I can experiment and what works and what doesn't work Mm -hmm. when it comes to uh, certain ideas I have in my head. And uh, if it starts going swell and like I can do it consistently, Mm -hmm. then that's when I'll really start taking steps forward with uh, making a website and worrying about a payroll and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, that's, like, the first step right now to getting back into it. You, me and my partner had a talk, you know, about being on the same base with stuff. Mm-hmm. And I uh, cleared the air with a few things. He's, like, my best friend. Like, I dream like a, like an actual brother. Like, we fight like brothers and everything like that. <laughs> so, like, it's easy to talk to him or bring up a uh, an elephant in the room, yeah, as you might it's say. Like, yeah, it's business. There's always there's always stuff that you're gonna run into. Yeah, but it's called uh, it's called Driven Clothing Co. So, I love it. It allows me to be creative, and I, I like to be creative. And the only thing I love more than doing it is seeing people enjoy it. You know, and uh, <clears throat> it's definitely something I'd like to uh, expand upon in yeah. the near future. The way it started was, 
It started with one lonely little heat press and a dream. (laughs) (laughs) Now, the way it started was my partner, who also owns the vinyl company, Mm -hmm. he does vinyl car wraps, Empire Vinyl. Check him out. He's amazing. Does great work. Um, Is it on Instagram? Yeah. I believe it's SRT Killer B Mm. on Instagram. Rest in peace to his charger. He had a Super B, and he got into an accident recently. It's dead now, but it was so beautiful. Gorgeous car. But, oh, yeah, back on the point. So he bought a vinyl machine to make some T-shirts for his company just to, like, sell people and make a little bit of money during the winter when business was slower. Mm -hmm. So I came to him, and I was like, yo, do you want me to, like, tell my fraternity about it? Maybe we can do, like, custom, like, letters for our fraternity. I'll make a little bit of money. You make a little bit of money. You know, keeps you busy. And he's like, yo, do you want to, like, do something with this? I was like, what do you mean? We're just sitting in the car chilling. Mm -hmm. It's like, you want to do something with this? And I was like, well, I don't know. He's like, you seem like the creative, like, type, you know, that you could do it if you wanted to. He's like, what would you call it? And I was like, I call it Driven. And he's like, well, why would you call it Driven? I was like, well, if me and you are going to be in this together, I think it's, it's a very suitable name because... Ever since me and him met in high, uh, middle school, sorry, we got really close, became best friends. And within our friend group, we always said that me and him would be successful. Mm-hmm. And we always saw ourselves as driven people. And I believe it's like a true representation of ourselves. And I feel like you can't really start a company, especially a clothing company, which is all about expression. Mm-hmm. And you can't start that if you can't express yourself properly. If it's not, I always talk about brands being an extension of somebody. Mm -hmm. And I believe it's a true extension of us. It's a reflection of us. So that's why I chose that name. And then he's like, well, we would need a logo. Like, what would the logo be? I was like, well, when I was in high school, because this was like coming out of high school, came up with this. When I was in high school, I was doodling. Literally for one day, I was doodling. Like, if I had a clothing company, what would I doodle? Like mm-hmm. my designs yeah, and look like, like and my logo was exactly this triangle logo. Uh-huh. I was like, well, I do it like this. He goes, that's perfect. Just put it where the fucking V is for driven. And uh-huh. I was like, wow, that actually works. And then yeah. like we made the first shirt, the first shirt I still have. And it's so janky because like there's no points where the triangle meets. So it's just like, like actual long rectangles and it just looks so like <laughs> shitty and ratchet. And I was like, this is awesome. And then like, I was like, yo, make it pointy. And then one thing led to another. And then we just started doing it consistently. And that's when we, uh, we did the camel hoodies and those were a huge hit on campus yeah. at Farmingdale. Everybody loved that. I have one. So yeah, you do. That's right. Rock that shit all the time. Mm-hmm. I love, I love the camel hoodies. I just wish, cause when I got mine, I got my individual one before I, I got any bulk order. Mm. And I want to see, like, the quality was good. Mm-hmm. And I, like, washed yeah, it, it like, a million times to see, like, <laughs> <laughs> see if it'll last. Uh-huh. And now it just looks like some raggedy old, like, ass <laughs> hoodie. It just looks like shit. And I was like, if I wear this out, it's a poor representation of it. Like, you know, yeah, but you, know you literally have to wash it constantly for it to look like that. But Yeah. You know it'll last, though. That's that was the Yeah, no, thing. it definitely standed, like, a good test. So that's why I got them. Now I'm doing windbreakers. Uh, I would like to do bomber jackets next. What's a bomber jacket? It is a... a leather jacket or... put it? No, it's like nylon. How do you put it? If you Google it, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. They have the zipper on the sleeves. Sometimes they have a jet tag on the sleeves, that red jet tag. Bomber jacket. But I really would like to do that next. Not saying mm. that it will be. Okay. But I, know what you're talking about. I have a cool idea for a design. 
do a big back piece or something. But uh, yeah. Oh, I like the bomber jacket. Yeah, right. It's more professional. You know, I want to go beyond doing t-shirts, long sleeves, and hoodies. I want to get into things that are like, you know, more. How would I put it? Next level stuff. Yeah, it's just more professional looking, I guess. That's pretty cool. Look at that. Yeah. Trying to upgrade my standards. Yeah. That's good though. But we'll see. We'll see what happens with these windbreakers. Hopefully, windbreakers work out. I'm trying to also use my networking capabilities with certain friends that I have mm-hmm. in different areas and try to get outside of Farmingdale, mm. outside of campus. And, you know, I have a friend in Queens who said they'll help me uh, tell some of their friends in Queens about the product, get the name out and stuff like that, mm-hmm. you know. And then obviously we'll do a little bit of social media marketing, but I don't want to do it too much because I have no website. Mm-hmm. So it, I'm in the very, very early stages of everything still. Yeah, it's still an know? idea. I mean, it's still it's a concept now at this point. Yeah. It's, it's you know, it is what it is. I don't know how else to really explain it other than it's really small and there's still a lot of work to be done before it can be considered anywhere near an entrepreneur or professional and stuff like that. But it's it's me. I like it, man. Thank you. I appreciate it. I appreciate the love and support when you got my product, though. Hey, anytime, man. Yeah. I'm always looking to. But I'm definitely trying to step up, step up the game this year for sure. With both being more uh, involved with it and also the quality of the products overall. Not to say that last year was bad quality. It was just Not standard. The you wanted, yeah. Yeah, I I have a high standard with everything in my life. That's good though. It's good, yeah, but I could also be like a little too hard on myself. That was an issue I always encounter. Yeah, you definitely have to be careful for sure yeah. when it comes to that stuff. It's all about balance and everything, you know. And I have a lot of imbalance when it comes to stuff like that. But it's tough, man. Yeah, I it's, mean, it's a it's a constant ebb and flow of you know making things work and stuff like that. Yeah, for sure. That's a that's a challenge. Balance is just a challenge that'll be with you for the rest of your life. You'll never fully get it. It's damn near impossible because we're flawed as human beings. I know. And we're so used to uh excess in our generation i feel like everything's an excess yeah. it's crazy we, you know we just had the holidays and um i i'm sitting there thinking and i'm like it's insane that there are people in the world that can't eat but we have so much food here that people don't even want to eat their leftovers and they're just throwing I, food out harrison i hate when people throw out their fucking leftovers Hate it, bro. I will literally force feed myself to eat everything on my plate. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. Number one, because I love food that much, and I'm just a glutton when it comes to the, yeah. to, to food. But also, um, it's just like it's not right. You should you shouldn't waste something like that. Save it for later. You'll probably eat it later if you save it. So yeah. like, why throw it out? Yeah, especially the, I, I I try I, to become the master at making leftovers with like reinventing the leftovers. Really? Yeah, so that's one thing I, I take a lot of pride in, believe it or not, and it sounds so stupid, but, like, my mom will cook for the family. Mm-hmm. I'll come home and, you know, or it's a couple days old, and it's like a, it's like a chicken leg or, or it's, like, white rice and, like, steamed broccoli. I'm like, well, how can I make this interesting? Because that shit's boring as fuck. So, and thank God I went to school for culinary arts for a couple of years. So I kind of have a general idea of what I'm doing. You did yourself a huge favor. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Ladies love it. Oh, yeah. I know. 
The, That's why I want to learn it. Oh, <laughs> uh, and this is, this sounds like, this sounds crazy, but I wake up every morning, most mornings, and I'll hop on Facebook, and I'll scroll through my feed, and I'll find Gordon Ramsay's stuff, and I watch Gordon Ramsay for like a half hour, hour in the morning. I love that guy, dude. Have you seen his Twitter? No, I've oh, seen what he. Oh my does god! On yeah, when he sent people will send him pictures. For those of you who don't know, people <laughs> will send him pictures of their food via Twitter, and he'll quote it, and he'll. 90% of the time, just roast you in the most fashionable way possible, as Gordon Ramsay does. And it's just hysterical. You know what my problem is with cooking? I don't have the patience. You see, if someone's cooking for me, mm-hmm. I go and do something else, distract myself, mm-hmm. like when I'm hungry. I'll you know, just distract myself, and then when dinner's made, it's made, right? Yeah. If I'm cooking by myself... I'm sitting there making the food. I'm thinking about how hungry I am and how I just want to eat it right fucking now. <laughs> and it makes me so no agitated. Patience. The uh, <laughs> Gordon, Rams, Gordon Ramsay's favorite line. My favorite line he's ever said to somebody. Go to the pantry. Get two slices of bread. Put it up to each ear. Great. You're an idiot sandwich. <laughs> you're an idiot sandwich. <laughs> what are you? An idiot sandwich. I know exactly what you're talking about. I love that video. He's done that on a couple a couple ones, but uh He's great. Like, he's great that guy. Back to like the mastering leftovers. So I'll take you know, I'll take the rice. I'll be like, alright, you know, let's try like frying the rice. Okay, great. So I'll throw the rice on like a on like a skillet. And I'm like, all right, what can I add to the rice to make it interesting? You know, I'm like, oh, I have a little bit of sesame oil. All right, let me use a little sesame oil. I'm like, uh, oh, I have a little bit of soy sauce. You know, let me hit it with a little soy sauce. Like, oh, let me hit it with a little garlic powder. Let me hit it like, and then I'll try to go bounce it back and forth. You know, okay, this is like an Asian kind of uh, thing. You know, soy sauce, teriyaki, maybe a little bit of teriyaki. And I'm like, all right, you know, how do I get the, the broccoli? Interesting. Well, I'll just throw the broccoli in there. Rip up the chicken. Now I have like kind of like a makeshift stir fry. You know, um, if it... And it's always something like you know. Okay, I have I have salmon. You know, like maybe maybe I'll make like a cold salmon salad, or or I'll try to like reheat the salmon, or I'll um I'll take I'll take like the salmon. I'll put it uh I'll put I'll heat it up. I'll like nuke it real quick, and then I'll do barbecue over the top of it, and then I'll like put it in the oven and kind of like recook it almost, but just like a little broil on the top to like give it some flavor. And it's like amazing how you could take like old leftovers and make them so much better like make them to the point where you want to eat them i gotta try that there's, there's a I, gotta, ideas. I gotta try and learn that just I, I could use that because yeah. i can barely know how to use a fucking microwave yeah <laughs> you know who's my dad amazing at cooking i oh, mean really? it blows my mom out of the water my mom's a good cook my dad's a great cook but my dad's always working so he doesn't really cook mm. that often um i found myself in a peculiar situation once when my dad made meatballs and they were just amazing Pasta meatballs. He makes the best <laughs> meatballs. It just melts right in your mouth, right? My mom and him got into an argument about whose recipe was better. Oh. And I had to play I had to play it smart because they, they came to me and asked me. And it was my dad, mm-hmm. but I had to say it was my mom because mm-hmm. my mom was cooking more often. If I pissed my mom off, she wouldn't be cooking <laughs> as much anymore. And I'd be left to fend for myself, and I could barely do that when it comes to food. So I played it smart. I, I invested. <laughs> I invested. Well, everything's a little different. Yeah. So, yeah, cooking I feel like is one of those essential skills that you just need to learn as a man to be a man. It's very I, important. Uh, it's my, definitely an important skill. Yeah, I look at my dad. My dad could do it all. He could do electric. He could do like like yeah. like that, beginners. That generation. Beginners electric. Of beginners course. plumbing. Stuff like that. He's like such a handyman around the house, and he can cook and all this other stuff. And then there's us, yeah. the millennials, and we don't know what the fuck we're doing. <laughs> don't know what. He goes, he, he, like every time I give my dad attitude, he goes, "When you get older, it's like don't call me when something breaks in your house. 
He's like, because I will not help you. Gonna, he's like, you're going to regret it. You're going to call me, hey, dad, can you fix this? I'm going to be like, nope, I'm retired. Uh, <laughs> I'm on vacation. I know. It's crazy how heady the old generation was. It was actually pretty funny because uh, right now my heater is broken in my room. Mm-hmm. So I, my dad's like, I need an extra set of hands. Can you help me out? I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, I've built computers before. So I get the general principle of the whole thing. And like, once we ripped it open, I'm like, it's not that hard. I mean, to, like, take the stuff apart. Like, yeah, I don't want to take it. I'm I'm more afraid of taking it apart and breaking it because I have ogre hands. And, like, I just tend to break small devices yeah. in my hands. But, like, if it's, like, meant to, like, last, I'm totally okay with, like, ripping things apart and stuff like that. Not literally, but disassembling them. And I was like, oh, like, we, we were working on um the last, like, couple days. And I'm like, oh, it's not that bad, like, to do this stuff. Like, it's not hard. It just has to be done in troubleshot and stuff like that. And you don't have the 30 years of knowledge. You have, you know, I looked at it on the internet a couple times, and now i got to figure it out. That's why the internet is such an amazing thing. Ugh. You can learn something so quick on the you fly. Some, yeah, on the fly. Well, me and Rich went down for Conclave. I think it was Conclave. Yeah, Conclave. In Orlando. Mm-hmm. And we were, like, on our way back. Our brakes just miraculously stopped working in Rich's car. Oh. And we looked it up on YouTube. We, like, kind of looked it up on YouTube and saw, like, a way to possibly fix the brakes if it was that specific problem. Mm-hmm. And we tried it out. It was, like, super complicated, but we used the power of teamwork. And the power of teamwork. The power of teamwork. And, yeah, we kind of got it done, and we got his brakes, like, halfway decent. So at least we had that for the ride home. I was like, if we didn't have the internet, we would have been so fucked. I know. Honestly. The internet makes things too easy, though, unfortunately. Yeah. Most yeah. Like, everything has its pros and cons, you know? It's all about how you use your resources. You know, there's people that spend hours a day watching cat videos on YouTube when they're going to be learning a new skill. You know, Buffy actually was telling me about how he wants to try and learn a new skill every month. I think it was it was either every month or like every other yeah, month. A lot of people try to do that. Which I think is a really cool concept. I've never thought about that. Conceptually, I think it's great. The only problem is some skills take. A lot longer than a couple months. Well, not even that. I, I was going to say that. Some skills are, have a financial value to them. That's yeah. So, for example, you can't really learn to shoot a bow and arrow that well in one month unless you buy your own. Mm-hmm. And, and probably practice. pay for lessons as well. Yeah, you have, I mean, pay for lessons, practice frequently. Practicing and stuff like that is pretty cheap, and paying for lessons is entirely expensive. But, like, buying a bow and arrow is mucho bucks. You ever try to shoot one? Of course, I have one. Yeah. That's why I'm saying. I tried shooting on once and it was like hurt my shoulders. Yeah. Because I had to pull it back so far. I know. There's so much resistance. Oh, you shouldn't be. Uh, it's not, it's, it's not right. It's not set for you. Like, you buy a bow and arrow. Like, my bow was almost two grand. Holy. Yeah. So, think about that. You know, a, a bow is like 2000 bucks. Yeah, a good one. You know, if you want to use it. Um, and it's going to last. And then by the time you learn everything, practice and practice and practice, like it's not a cheap skill. Like the lot, that's one thing as great as it is. There's a lot of things that aren't, aren't free to learn. I feel like that's also like specifically archery is something that's very difficult and requires a lot of time to learn. Yes. I want to learn glass blowing. Like I want to learn it in the worst way. I just don't have time to make it to the the glass blowing facility on Long Island Mm -hmm. to, to learn or the glass glass place and their hours don't work exactly for my hours unfortunately but like that's one thing i want to learn the only problem is it's 40 dollars an hour and you're not going to learn it in one hour or two hours or 10 hours like you're going to have to spend a lot of time yeah, doing that that, that looks is, so complicated yeah, which stuff. is an insane amount of money people make spend. beautiful glassware too mm-hmm. it's um, crazy 
And that's like a lot of things, you know, if you want to learn pottery. Pottery's pottery is a little cheaper, but like it's there's a that's one thing that I've realized with those skills is there's a huge like I want to learn how to play the piano. Well, that means I got to go out and get a keyboard. Then I got to either get a tutor or find a I guess a classroom I could sit in or learn on the internet. And I'm not so much worried about that, but getting a keyboard is a couple hundred bucks, you know. All of these things have a financial thing to it and then there's very few skills that you could learn. Like you could learn how to speak another language for free, you know, you could it's definitely possible. But like if you want to get Rosetta Stone and have a structure and all that kind of stuff, it's gonna run you five hundred bucks. Like mm-hmm. there's a financial value attached to everything. Are you more of like an expl- explanation learner or a visual learner? Depends on what it is. I'm all visual. Actually, that's um, not the I'm truest thing. Because I like, I like to read. Okay. I love books. Really? Yeah. Oof. I've read a lot. Really? Oh, that's one thing I'm... I used to read a lot one more. One of my goals of 2018 is to read like, I'm telling books. you, you can learn so much. So much that you would never have known in school. I listen to books. Listening to books is just as good in my opinion. But I like reading and uh, I learn a lot like from reading books. More than I probably learned in a classroom with a professor. Yes. Mainly because I'm learning about what I want to learn about when I buy a book. So my attention is, is there. Yeah. One of the but, things uh, I don't like about school. Yeah. But when it comes to, like, I guess using your body for whatever skill you need to do, definitely more of a visual learner. When it comes yeah. to concepts, I can probably learn just as, as easily via explanation. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I definitely think reading is a great habit to get into. Yeah. It takes a lot. It takes, like, patience. Like you start with like five pages and work your way up. It's literally like building a tolerance. Yeah. Because you have to learn to concentrate. I know a lady. She crushes like 500 pages a week. What? Who? A lady that comes. Oh. That's a frequent flyer. Really? I can't do that. She'll crush a book like that thick. I'm proud if I read like 30 or 40 in a sitting, which I've done before. If it's like a really grasping story. I mostly read like self-development books, but I've read two memoirs. Oh, that's good. One was The Wolf of Wall Street. Oof. Amazing. It's shits on the movie so really? much more stuff yeah uh, like funny stuff and sad stuff this oh, kid really? almost died when it was like really young like an infant oh my god and i was like tearing up reading about it because really? like, yeah because they, they actually thought he was going to end up dying because he got like sick with some really rare disease mm-hmm. so the doctors thought and he was talking about what was going through his mind on the way to hospital about saying goodbye to his only son mm-hmm. and i was like tearing up I was getting so emotional reading it. And it turns out <clears throat> he wasn't actually diagnosed with the doctors had thought. He like mm. reached out to another doctor to let him know. And then he was like, no, like he shouldn't be like crying if he has this specific issue with him. He yeah. would be in so much pain. He wouldn't even be able to cry or something like that. And that's how they found out what it actually was. Turns out he was going to be all right. But yeah, I read that. I read another memoir called The Buy Side. I forgot who it's by. But it's kind of like, a uh, watered-down version of Wolf Wall Street. Okay. It was about a stockbroker who kind of made some excess and wild out a little bit, developed a coke habit. Drugs. Both were very good. They're both a lot. They're, like, really primarily based as, like, hey, this is what happened when power got to my head. Mm-hmm. And, like, it ended up screwing me over. Don't make the same mistakes. And I feel like the movie doesn't really portray it that way as mm-hmm. well. Because everybody's like, oh, I want to be like Jerome Belfort. I want to be like Jerome Belfort. But they have no idea how out of control he actually was. Yeah. And I mean out of control like of himself in the yeah. bad sense. But other than that, I think my favorite book I've ever read, it's actually fairly new. It's amazing. It's called The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. Uh, I've, read the, I've read not the whole thing. I've only read a clip of it. Yeah. I, it's, I believe it's by Mark Manson. Yeah. And he's so smart. Because he like, he'll, he'll start with like a statement 
mm-hmm. about like what he's about to talk about. And it seems like it doesn't make any sense of like how it applies to like being something good. Mm-hmm. And then like the way he explains it, like it all makes sense. And it's just, it's a really fun read just as well as it is a uh, informative read. He also talks about this concept towards the end of the book. He talks about this thing called uh, the denial of death, which was a work by somebody else. Mm-hmm. And basically talks about how we always try to avoid the concept of death and whether it's not thinking about it or we do something that's called an immortality project. And that's like your life's work that allows you to live on even after like your physical self is gone. So like when you have like a statue built of you because you did something significant or like made history, like Abraham Lincoln's immortality project would have been freeing the slaves, Mm -hmm. you know, and stuff like that. Obviously it was never like Abraham's like reason to live, but like, yeah, and he talks about how uh, wars are actually two groups of people and their immortality projects clashing, mm. which I thought was very interesting. So, like, wars based on yeah. religion. Interesting. Yeah, it's it's crazy read. And that's it's in the sub- total sub- mindfuck. Not giving fuck. Yeah, he mentions the work, the work like, and Jesus touches Christ. on it a little bit. That's so I, I probably want to read that next. Right now I'm reading that book that Cadis recommended uh, – why A students fail, why C students succeed, and B students work for the government. Something like that. That's the name of like the title, kind of. Oh, really? I've been reading it. It's more of a financial times, book. Yeah. It's a financial book. Yeah. You know the guy who wrote Rich Dad, Poor Dad? Yes. It's uh, that guy. Robert T. Kiyosaki. Yes. Yeah. It's it's by him. Oh, okay. So I'm going to read that first, because I haven't really read a lot of Rich financial Dad, Poor books. Rich Dad, Poor Dad is a really good book. I've heard. That'll probably be like... Down the road for me. Highly recommended. I want to like... I'll actually buy it for you. Go on and off a different topic. You've got to do that. You're so sweet. It's the least I could do for you, bud. Love you. <laughs> All right, brother. We're at almost an hour and a half. Oh, wow. Any, I went by quick. I know. Final words, thoughts, prayers, anything like that? Thank you for having me on the show. Anytime, bud. It was my pleasure. I love running my mouth, so this was the perfect outlet. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's No, I really had a good time, and it was nice to catch up with you again for all those who are listening. If you want to follow me, my social media on all hey, accounts is plug, at Anthony Gatt, A-N-T-H-O-N-Y-G-A-T-T. Trying to get that clout, you feel me? <laughs> no, but in all seriousness, feel free to follow me. Um, and yeah, I think that's pretty much it. Thank you again. All right, time, brother. All right, guys, till next time. Uh, snowstorm might mess everything up, so because we live on the island, so well, there may or may not be another podcast this week. But lots more coming in. January. Until then. Peace. Alrighty, everybody. As always, I hope you all enjoyed the podcast. I put a lot of time and effort into these. Little do you know. But, uh, as always, a pleasure. Anthony, thank you so much for being on. Jesus, I'm stuttering. And, uh, it's freezing in my room, by the way. In case anyone was wondering. And if you enjoy the podcast, please consider subscribing. Greatly appreciate it. Check out the Brutally Honest Podcast website at BrutallyHonestPodcast.com and there you'll see all the latest and greatest of everything going on. Um, and it will include soon-to-be giveaways, video content, all that kind of stuff. And you can sign up for the newsletter and get some fun factual information every Friday. So, with that being said... Um, that's it. Just a couple words from our sponsors. We have Ron. We have Ron Reed from Reed Resumes, who 
If you don't have your resume built, it's probably not a bad time to consider it, especially starting off the new year right. If you uh if you're in a good job or you're not really too sure about what you're going to do in the future, get your resume done early. That way, when you do decide to leave or or an opportunity arises, you have something ready. The opportunities that can unlock from a well-written resume, you'll never know about unless you have it. If you put in a lot of work into the resume, that just that's the first step in the door into showing the employer what kind of quality work or how much you care is going to be going into it. So go check them out, readresumes.com. Absolutely fantastic. And uh, the dude knows what he's doing. He's got a CPRW. It's like the highest prestige in um, resume writing. So go check that out. And none other than the Nerds I Care. And the Nerds I Care is your third-party outsourced IT company. So when your computer breaks, who are you calling? Do you have that guy? He comes in on off hours. Do you not even have a friend who knows computers? That is what the Nerds That Care is going to be. They're going to be that friend, that friendly person that will come in, fix your computer with a smile on their face, and everything's great. You, they come in, they work, they leave, and they give you a high five on the way out. And the way everything's going nowadays, once you sign up, that's it. You don't see any more bills unless you're buying something new. It's just it's a wonderful world we live in, folks. Go check them out, nerdsthatcare.com. So that's pretty much it. As always, check out the website and peace, love, and I got a lot of good things going on in January, uh, a lot of firepower, or star power as some people would say, so get ready for it, ladies and gentlemen. Till next time, peace.